Hello and welcome to the Coffee and Hustle podcast. In this episode, we're going to discuss whoever said that diamonds are a girl's best friend, never own a dog. And joining me on this podcast today is Helene Scott, the owner of Florida Dog Training School. Thank you, Helene, so much for joining us on the podcast. Would you give us a little insight about your business and what you do? I uh, have, I go to people's homes. Uh, I am a dog trainer that goes, it's private in your home training. Uh, dogs that are either adopted, rescued, or purchased, I make their dogs better behave so they're a loved family member. And that is something that, and now as your business have been increasing over the periods of years now, and you've been in business now for almost 20 years, that's a huge accomplishment in dog training. Um, and how did you, how did you even think about getting into this business? How did you do that? I always had a connection with animals since I was little. Uh, I, uh, I'm college educated. I went into the corporate world. I got laid off uh, one too many times. And I said, that's it. I, I'm, I'm going to go to school and be a dog trainer and have them look back. Yeah. And you have been successful ever since. So what a great accomplishment to be in this industry this long. Um, do you feel like that with the COVID situation, everybody's been at home more. Do you feel like that people have been getting more and more uh, dog training um, because they're staying home more? Or do you just feel like that it's still um, busy as ever? I mean, how, do, how can you measure your business with COVID going around? Uh, well, when COVID happened, I really thought originally that I was going to be out of business because people weren't, weren't going to work. That's what I thought. And then, um, I guess a lot of people in Florida do work from home. Uh, and then it added to more people working from home, uh, which just made the industry explode. Yeah. And you've, you've been extremely busy, um, for that too, as well. Um, and do you feel like that, um, I read an article where I did see where some of these dog shelters, um, where a lot of people went in and started adopting a lot of dogs, um, because they felt like one, they wanted to help. And then number two, um, a dog is such great mental, um, help as well, because a lot of people were in these lockdowns and, dogs help you get through that situation. Absolutely. Uh, it makes a person feel needed and loved unconditionally. Yeah. And girls, um, and we talk about girls, best friends and we, we, you know, people that think about girls and owning dogs, um, we use, we love our dogs and we know that sometimes we feel that dogs give us that empowerment. So we don't feel lonely and we can be loved. Um, do you, promote that for the female base that are they're single they need a dog and you come in and you help them and train them with with those dogs absolutely because a lot of women are not very confident with dogs um you know a lot of what i am going to say is that women tend to nurture um maybe a little too much um because that is 
the woman's nature um, and I help them because if you do that too much, a dog will take advantage of you. And so it's really important to be assertive with your dog. So the dog recognizes you as a leader. And what kind of behavior modifications have you actually seen more of when it comes to some of these dogs that the females are, you know, wanting to adopt? What kind of behaviors have you seen the most of? Uh, well, uh, separation anxiety uh, during COVID is probably the most uh, challenging problem um, because a lot of people even choose uh, not to leave the house, uh, you know, because they don't want their dog to be afraid. You know, in a normal setting, uh, you know, uh, people go to work, they come home and the dog's used to it. Now they're home 24 seven, they feel guilty about leaving the dog. And when they do leave the dog, it becomes a bigger problem. The dog um, cries a lot. There's a lot of um, damage to the house. uh, And the dog is so upset that it gets traumatized until the owner comes home. Yeah. And what happens, like, have you seen, um, maybe the worst damage that a dog has done since, you know, when we're dealing with that, what is, what is one of those stories that you can share with us? Well, there was one dog in particular, it was a greyhound. It actually, it was before COVID happened. There were two greyhounds. Uh, There was never an issue. One of them passed away. Uh, The owner did not want to get another dog and uh, the dog, I guess she went inside, like she t- she went someplace that she went in real quick to, I don't know, to get milk or something. And the dog ate the seat of her car. Wow. So <laughs> she came out from the grocery store and the dog had ate the seat of the car. Yes. Wow. And then what do you normally, how do you handle something like that? How many, you know, what is the steps when it comes to dogs that are suffering because obviously the dog was suffering from anxiety from the loss of its best friend too right 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 right. um well there are a lot of different things you can do for it first of all um exercise is a very big help um you know that helps the anxiety part of it um and i've seen people do like treadmills in their house Um, you know, especially like during the winter months to give the dog some exercise. Is that something that you recommend? Uh, well, the treadmill, I definitely wouldn't do that without professional help. I have done that before, but you know, you got to make sure the dog doesn't hurt itself. There are treadmills specifically for dogs that I would get. I wouldn't use your own treadmill. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't want it to go at a faster pace than the dog is capable of. The other thing is that there's a harness involved just so it's very safe. Um, but I'm thinking just, you know, long walks. And then if you feel like you can't give the dog a really long walk, um, maybe put a, a doggy backpack on the dog uh, so it's carrying a little extra weight so that the work, it's a better workout for the dog and not the human. Well, I never thought about the backpack. That's kind of different. So you can yeah. buy doggy, doggy backpacks? Yes. Okay. And what do you put in it? Like, what do you put in the doggy backpack? 
I live here in Florida, so I would recommend two frozen water bottles so the dog could be cool while it's holding it, and it gives that extra weight. And then if the dog needs a drink, you could use it or pour it on the dog to cool it off. Wow. Okay. So I've seen those, what is it, those safety, what is it called? Those safety vests that, thunder vests, that's what it is. So right. do you recommend any of those thunder vests that they, yeah. that you see it's a lot called, of? It's called a thunder shirt, but oh. it is a vest. Okay. <laughs> and that brand, there are off brand ones as well. Um, but they all do the same thing and it's like a hug. Uh, so basically it's giving the dog comfort at all times. Some dogs love it. Some dogs don't. And it's really trial and error. Okay. So do you, so I, I would think that a lot of dogs, not they can actually sense when humans are depressed or they can sense when we are suffering from anxiety um, yeah. they're that comfort for us. So do, does the dogs pick up our, our, our anxiety as well? Did they actually feed off our anxiety as well? Right. Right. So, uh, that is a very good point. Um, if you're hang high anxiety, the dog will be high anxiety. So, well, it's good for your own benefit not to be high anxiety, but it will definitely help your animal if you could stay relaxed. So what less they do sense to give you comfort yeah. so, when you have a tough time. So I, I, I would think that if, you know, a lot of times we get frustrated with our dogs, but we don't realize that we're, we could be causing some of the, the stresses and anxieties to our own dog. Yes, okay. absolutely. So a do lot, you, our, our, a lot of our behavior feeds their behavior. So you're like a dog whisperer, right? Is that what we would call you? Uh, well, I, I, I don't know what else to call it, but I have a sense of what's going on. I feel like the dogs talk to me non-verbally. So you know when you drive up and you get a call and you come out and you do an assessment and you do those for free, you come out and you do an assessment and then right. you offer your packages on what kind of services that they need right at that point. So you, right. you customize that service for them, right? Absolutely. So, so you drive up in the driveway and you know, the moment you see the dog, you kind of give an idea of like what exactly you need to do that very moment, right? Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, I tell the owners not to correct any behavior. The dog is going to jump, let the dog jump. I kind of want to see the whole natural interaction. And just by that happening, I can see what kind of control they have. So if you had to, if you had to leave, right, we leave and we have to cage up our dogs. You know, majority of us would put them in a cage or we put them in a safe area, you know, in a, in a right. room or whatever. What do you suggest that you, you give them for anxiety? Like if they, if we have to leave, what is some of those suggestions that you would you do. Well, first of all, wherever you put them, you have to make it a, okay, so a lot of times people, <clears throat> they put their dogs in a crate or a cage or a pen only when they're leaving, um, and that creates anxiety. So it has to be a place that you put them in, like say let's just talk about a pen. Um, like I have this family, they have, um, 
a Shih Tzu, they only put the dog in the pen when they leave, and they're wondering why the dog is crying. But if they put the dog in there at other times, like they're watching TV and in the room, and then they disappear and come back. Uh, so if you just leave, it's that abandonment feeling. Um, when you put them in a place like their room, a pen, where they realize it's still part of the activity, there's less anxiety for that. So you're saying they need to practice having them in their pen while you're there at the house so that they can see and feel like, okay, they're going to come back. Right. Always going to come back. And then the other thing is if the pen is not a nice place, if you are busy, it's, it'd be good to give them something really special when they're in that pen by themselves that they could look forward to. For example, a Kong with peanut butter in it, but it's frozen. So it's time consuming to uh for them to eat it and then say you're only gone 10 minutes but they're not done with their peanut butter kong well they're coming out of the pen so the kong goes back in the freezer so it's start connect so good things happen when i disappear okay so there's like this uh, reward system for them to know that okay so that's something you kind of think about we we kind of give in and so when, when we talk about women and, and dogs itself, it's, you know, we've become more and more empowered by having a dog in our home around us. And, you know, and, and, and for, for females, it's really kind of like this aspect. And you promote that a lot more when you, you'd say, okay, it's okay to have a dog because you're che- teaching them to be assertive and empowered with a dog. So what kind of dogs do you suggest for women um, for that type of, you know, they're at home by themselves what type of dog would you recommend for those females? Uh, well, you know what? It's a personal preference with the person that I'm talking to. So it has to, you know, obviously, uh, if someone doesn't like big dogs, I'm not going to suggest a Great Dane. Um, I think all dogs are, are good. You know, they always sense when a noise or whatever that can make someone, uh, a woman feel safer in their environment that they, their dog hears something that they don't. Um, that's very comforting. Um, and so I'm going to say it's going to be based on what time they want to put into a dog. Like a big dog needs a lot of exercise and a lot more care where a little dog does not. Okay. So uh, do, do you feel like that? Okay. So do you, I could call you up and say, Helene, I, I'm looking for a dog and this is the kind of dog I'm looking for. And you can actually give those recommendations. Yes. And you've done that before. Absolutely. Okay. Do you recommend um, rescue dogs for, for that reason? Well, I'll tell you, there are good and bad things about rescue. Um, the, so when you have a family, like if it's a woman or a single person, um, you know, rescue is awesome. But, you know, when you have little kids involved, you have to be more selective on what you rescue because you don't know what kind of baggage. I'm not talking about a young pup, but, you know, like an older dog mm-hmm. that it, it it's being sent to the pound usually because there are behavior problems. 
Um, and so you have to be careful with young children. But do you feel like, though, even though you go and you rescue a dog and they have bad behavior, you need to be selective on what behavior that you're going to be able to tolerate, right? Right. But you don't always know until the dog is at the home for two to four weeks. Yeah. And you should have patience enough to go, hey, I need to get somebody in here to help me, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And what are some of the bad behaviors that you've that you've actually observed over the years? Like, what are some of the bad behaviors you've seen with dogs? Uh, excessive barking, jumping, uh, not being potty trained in the house, um, aggression uh, towards dogs or other people, um, feeling stuff off the counter, being allowed furniture. Some people like it. Some people don't. So basically they tell me what their needs are. Um, because everybody, every household has a set of rules. Mm-hmm. I'll enforce whatever they want me to. So did you know that the earliest records of dogs training that, that actually came from the Roman empire? Um, I actually did some research on this and it is believed that when people realize the potential benefit of teaching these animals to do tricks, such as fetching and retrieving objects, that's when training actually started was back in during that time. I actually did not know the history of that. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So, you know, you could have been back in those days, a dog trainer, you never know. (laughs) Yeah. And you feel like that has always been your calling. Now, if you had a choice of choosing any other type of industry, do you, you feel like your heart's always been in the dog training industry? Well, what makes it? Yes. But I have to say that in order to be a successful dog trainer, you have to be just as good with people as you are with their dog. You can't just be good with their dog because the people have to be happy with you. So it's a business. Well, it's kind of like a, it's a relationship that you're building, right? Absolutely. So you're not just there to train the dog. You're also training the the person that owns the dog and the whole family, right? Right. Everybody has to have, so I make it unified, so that everybody is following the same rules, saying the same words, consistency. So besides like your basic commands are like sit, stay, come here, lay down. What yeah. does those basic oh. commands look like? The, the Yeah, those are the ones. Heel, sit, stay, down, stay, come, okay, and no. And then... Um, I, depending on what I see behaviorally, um, then I work on those things too, like nipping, um, separation, anxiety, destruction. There are reasons why the dog does certain things, but I have to know the family or the person in order to evaluate what my approach is going to be. So does it, is there anybody like any families that have said, you know, I don't appreciate you coming in here and, and, and saying it's my fault that the dog acts this way. Well, I really try to be as diplomatic as I can. Um, and um, it's all in the approach. Yeah. Do you feel like that some people don't like that? You know, they don't like that honesty sometimes? Yes. It, it doesn't happen often, but I have... 
you know, it's, it's sometimes maybe the can, sometimes I'm, I'm so honest and I'm like, I, I, I didn't mean anything disrespectful, but and then people are like, just tell me, just tell me how to fix it. And then there are others, you know, not so much. That's a personality conflict. And I try not to have those. Yeah. And then, and that could be like, do you ever feel like some dogs really are an image of their, of their owners sometimes? Yeah. All the, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny to watch some of those videos and, and the, you know, the family or the owner looks just like their dog and the mannerisms are very mirrored with each yes, other. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So I have, a, a, do you feel like that you've ever, like, what is the one thing that you think you failed at when it comes to this industry? Do you feel like there's something in that, that you've learned a lot about yourself over the almost 20 years being in this business? What is the one is hardest part of being in, in dog training? I think the hardest thing is expanding and trusting um, other people to do your job. Yeah. That's a hard, that's a hard place to, to do. Is there, what, what do you feel like that you need to do to be able to do that? I don't have an answer for you today. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe an answer like in the next couple of weeks, like, Oh, I've got, I've got the answer now. Right. It's, it's hard to grow your business when you're the one, you know, the one person in it. Right. Do you feel like that yeah. sometimes? Yes. Yeah. And, and when we talk about entrepreneurship, you know, it's, it's a very difficult road. Sometimes there's, it's like a roller coaster, I think. Yep. And do you feel like that sometimes like, you know, do you question your goals when you're in this business or do you feel like there's times where, you know, I've, I've got this and I'm, I'm moving along the way I need to. I think I'm I'm in a growth spurt that I'm not sure how to grow yet. Yeah, you're kind of at that pitted, like the what is it, the fork in the road, either left or right. Yeah, and do you? Yeah, I think that's something that sometimes we don't always think about, you know, until we get there and realize that, you know, you know, because I mean, if we had a manual to be a business owner, I think we all be successful, right? Yeah. And what was some of the things you could teach other people that are in entrepreneurship or getting into business? What would be the one, what piece of advice would you give them? Um, if you get a lead, you need to act on it. Uh, don't let it sit there. Um, what I'm hearing a lot right now is people don't even, other trainers don't even have the decency to call people back to say, I'm too busy. Uh, they just don't return the call. And I, I can't tell you how many times people are like, thank you for calling me back. And I'm like, you have to thank me because I want your business. Yeah. You know, um, uh, advice, um, be organized, uh, and, uh, definitely, you know, work on your phone skills, uh, because how you, that's how you're going to sell yourself. Yeah. And you're from the, and you're from New York, right? You're originally from New York. Yes. And you've been living, you've been in Tampa in the Tampa area now for how long now? 16 years. So there, there's that bit of an adjustment from the New York atmosphere to the Florida atmosphere. And, um, yeah. what do you think is adjust in your business when it came to that? How, how did you feel like you, your approach had to change? 
Uh, I actually found it easier in Florida than I did in New York because, I mean, the world is changing, but when I first moved here, you know, there were more people working from home on a regular basis than they ever were in New York. Now I don't know what New York is like, but I imagine, you know, the world is changing before our very eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot more people working at home now than ever before. So you are definitely going to stay very busy um, after all the, you know, after all these years. So I think I see another, at least another 10, 15 years in here. Right. (laughs) Yes. So uh, I have one other question. You also recommend dog toys for, uh, you know, dog owners. What are some of your favorite dog, dog toys that you recommend for people? Well, um, the safest ones, uh, are made by, uh, the company is called Nylabone. Um, and they have toys for, if you look at the label, it'll tell you, you know, average chewer, strong chewer, powerful chewer. Um, those are the types of toys, um, that you, cause definitely teething, actually dogs of all ages need things to chew on. It actually, I think is soothing to them. It leaves relieves stress. Um, it entertains them. Um, and then, uh, Kong has, uh, great toys as well. Um, as well as another brand is four paws is a great brand. Um, And then, of course, you want to read the reviews on those things just to make sure you're you're going to get what you're looking for. Make sure that everybody is happy with it. Um, And then there are other types of um, dog toys that are, like, natural, like the deer antler and um, the uh, cow uh, kneecap. And they don't, they sell every part of an animal possible, but you need to do your research and make sure that type of, of thing is safe for your animal. Yeah. I never knew that they did a cow kneecap. Yeah. Kneecap, knee. Yeah. They sell every part of the cow possible. Yeah. That's amazing. I did not know that, that, that was a treat for dogs. Yeah. No rawhide. No rawhide for dogs. No raw. So you're against that. I am. Yeah. And why is that? Because, um, it could potentially cause an obstruction, um, in their intestines. Um, it could cause diarrhea. Um, they could choke on it. Um, there are so many other better products out there. So um, I have, uh, I think the only question I think I've got left for you before we start doing our rapid fires. So do you recommend, what would you recommend for people that want to get into your industry? What are some of the things that you've learned from that? Uh, You know, if you could go to school for it, that would be great. Um, Or you could, uh, shadow someone who is already a trainer. Um, it's not an easy industry to get into. And what is the worst thing that you, have you ever gotten bit at one of these training sessions that you were, you've, you've... Act, 
recently I did get bit. I don't even know if I remember telling you the story, but um, the situation was is that the owners didn't fully tell me how aggressive the dog was. And I walked into their house and uh, I was standing. I'm only five foot. And the dog got up on its hind legs, grabbed my lip and bit through. Oh, wow. So you always have to be on alert when it comes to some of these houses that you go to, to, to do dog training. Right. Part of it. So even though they might give you uh, a description of what they're dealing with, you have to trust your instinct of, of your experience to know what's really going on. Cause it's always, it's not always the same. Yeah. And you, and you learn a lot too from it too, cause you, you know, it's one of those things you least expect, but but then it's also, it happens and you just, did you go back and train this dog after that session? Because I, there were other signs and this was the final sign for me that this was, I don't, it wasn't a good fit. It just, if they could, if the owners couldn't be honest with me, um, I, I couldn't trust the dog anymore. And it was a rescue dog. They didn't, I just feel like they weren't surprised it happened. It was just very odd. And I'm just like, this is not safe. And I I don't want the job. So you, you, so what do you think about people that do get into fostering dogs? And, you know, what do you think about that, those programs? Because that seems to be really high right now. I mean, a lot of people are seeing more and more people fostering dogs than ever before. Uh, Well, I mean, you got to be careful. You got to be really careful. Um, you know, not every dog is the same. Sometimes there's inbreeding involved and that could cause aggressive behavior. You just, when a new dog comes into your home, um, you kind of have to slowly introduce it to the home. You can't treat it like, Oh, you know, you're here. Um, you just, you have to sense, it it all depends on what kind of situation the dog is coming from. You know, it could be a hoarding situation. It could be a shelter situation. Um, So I'm just going to say, be cautious, give the dog its own space and gradually bond with the dog. That will help for the greatest success. Yeah. And most people that try to foster end up trying to take in the dog permanently too. Right. So it's always a, So Helene, thank you for joining me on this podcast. And before we go, we're going to do what we call rapid fire. I'm going to ask you some random questions. Now you and I have known each other for a long time. So we have always been a very honest connection. We've, we've built a partnership over the years and, and, uh, and we've done some great things together. And so we have a lot of fun conversations together, by the way. Um, And those that don't know us very well, we are basically almost sisters to each other. Well, we're very honest with each other. So we have a very good friendship over the years. So, um, so I'm going to have a little fun with you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> are you afraid? Why? I don't know. Like, uh, all right. I, <laughs> as long as I can be honest. <laughs> okay. So rapid fire, I got to ask you a question and you got to answer it as fast as, as you can. Honestly. Okay. okay. All right. So question number one, what would you do with your 15 minutes of fame? Uh, don't answer it too fast. I, I don't know. I never expected to hear that. Um, 
I'd enjoy it and then let it go, I guess. Oh, so you'd be uh, 15 minutes of fainting, you'd just be done. You're just like. Yeah, not a, a person that likes to be out in the spotlight. Okay. Um, if you were stranded on a tropical island, what two things would you want with you on the tropical island? What was the two, what is the two things that you would take with you? Uh, food and water. <laughs> just, just food and water. No <laughs> music, no, no DJ, no. Oh, I had two things. I didn't know how to list. Well, those are the two things that came up was food and water. Yes. Um, no Ralph. You know, you could you could have saved yourself off that the but tropical island. Stuck. <laughs> it doesn't say stuck. It says if you're stranded. Okay, well, stranded means stuck. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I would say at least get a house. You know, yeah. what two things would yeah. you want with you? Because um, you can you can make food. <laughs> forget the forget forget the you house. You may say, I want sun. Well, I'm not trying to criticize you. I'm like, you could have said sunscreen, a book. No. no. Just food and water. Okay. Um, (laughs) Do you have a favorite book when you was growing up? What is your favorite book? I I don't have an answer for it. Did you not read? I did, but I don't, I I don't have a, a Judy Bloom. Oh, the Judy Bloom books? Yeah. Okay. All right. So no, like, you know, nursery rhyme book or. No. Everybody goes poop. (laughs) (laughs) I read that to my kids a lot. Just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Or good night moon. Good night moon. You don't remember those books? No, I don't remember. Maybe because I'm on the spot. I'm not thinking as quickly as I should. Nobody says you're on the spot. You're talking to me. I'm talking to you. Uh, All right. Um, What is the one item you could never live without? Coffee. Oh, gosh. Me too. (laughs) Don't you, like, you walk in. You're like a zombie in the morning, aren't you? You're like. Yes, I am. Until you get your coffee. Yes, I'm holding it in my hand as as we speak. Okay, so um, you drink coffee all throughout the day? Yeah. Oh, I can't say I can't do that. I can have my two and I'll be done. Um, I need what do you put in your coffee, by the way? I put in almond milk and um, the skinny skinny syrup, the salted caramel. Ooh, I like me some salted caramel. You call it caramel? What did you call it? Caramel? Caramel, yeah. Caramel? Yeah. (laughs) That's some Southern twang for you. That's all you get. (laughs) What do you think when I say fruit? Uh... (laughs) Are you fruit? What fruit? Fruit of the Looms? <laughs> Underwear? <laughs> I don't know about you, but those back in the day, those cartoons with the guys dressed up in like the apple and the grapes. Oh, yeah. Remember that? They would dance yeah. around in their Fruit of the Looms. And I'm like, that's a little strange. <laughs> but yet memorable. Yes, you remember that, right? Um, I, I remember the Dancing Raisins. What was it? Dancing Raisins? But anyways. Um, if you could choose your nickname, what would it be? Do you have a nickname? 
uh, curl, uh, curls. You can't even remember your nickname. Well, I don't really never had one because my name, I don't know my name. I've been called H instead of Helene and I've been called Goldie cause I have blonde curls. Well, those are nicknames. Yeah. You just made up your made up one and then you, you start talking and you're like, here's my other nicknames. So I'm going to start calling you Goldie with H Goldie H. That's what it is. Goldie H. Oh my gosh. What advice did you get that was the most rewarding? If somebody, what advice did you get? You better say me, but that's okay if you don't. What? You better say me. You better say Carla gave you the best advice ever. Well, I was thinking just never to give up. That's a good one. Who gave you that advice? You probably have. Okay. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Welcome. No more crying. <laughs> Don't cry over spilt milk. Okay. Um, if you won a million dollars, what would you buy? A house. A house. Can a I house or a vacation? <laughs> I'll come visit. <laughs> I'll come visit you. Um, Helene, thank you so much. It's been a We've been known, how long have we known each other now? For what? Gosh. Goodness. Maybe four years? I'm not sure. Yeah. That, 14 years? I think so. Yeah. Um, and we've done a very good job together. We've got a good friendship. Um, and I really appreciate you taking time out today with the uh, Coffee and Hustle podcast. And, and today we talked about whoever said diamonds are a girl's best friend did not own a dog. And so I can tell you that 100%. We both love dogs. Um, continue success with you. And thank you for coming on our podcast today. Thank you.